It's Stick Figure Man, rap guy with the dad bod. What's in the name? Do you have a nickname? Well, mine's is Pookie. That's what I named the record after. When I was growing up, I used to be horrified for anybody to find that out. But now that I'm almost 40 years old, I've accepted it. It's what it is. But um, I asked some of my friends, in particular, 730, what's his nickname? He's got a funny story about it. Check it out. Shout out to my cousin Pookie. Okay. It's Stick Figure Bay. Rap nerd from the Black Burbs, you know what I'm saying? I'm back with the podcast uh, of the name of my project, which is Pookie. I have a highly esteemed guest, an important guest, a very, uh, I mean, he's just a great human, firstly, and he's also a very uh, incredible artist. And uh, I'm very humbled and grateful that he was willing to join me for this. Uh, It's 7.30, y'all. 7.30. Tell him what up. Peace. What up? What up, everybody? What's happening, man? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Good. I feel good. I'm in a good place. Good, man. Um, But yeah, Pookie is the the name of the project because of um, the nickname, the importance of a nickname. And I kind of talk a lot about... uh, what it means to come of age in the mid nineties, uh, right. and what that looked like in urban areas. In Water, my case, yeah. it was the Kansas city Metro In your mm. case, it was Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you kind of describe what it was like in Jackson, Mississippi during that time? And how did it either work with your personal self or mm. against so I mean, everything like it's like when I would consider you Southern, mm-hmm. so you know. But um, like in deep Southern culture, is like you know a melting pot of things, like a gumbo of things mm-hmm. that kind of come your way. Yeah, for sure. You know, by way of like New Orleans, surrounding areas, and then just Mississippi has a lot of concentrated kind of energy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 90s, growing up in Mississippi, it was like, I'm fortunate to know a world without cell phones and, mm-hmm. you know, internet and shit. You remember how it was Yo, yeah. growing up, Saturday morning cartoons and primetime TV and things like that. We had our things that groomed us back then, too. Right. You know, it was just TV for us. Mm-hmm. Or the radio for us. Um, in Mississippi, it was like... We were late getting a lot of access to a lot of stuff just because it's a poor, predominantly black, you know, systematically poor area. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right, like, right. You just don't have the immediate access to everything, but we was hip to stuff, you know what I'm saying, that that we knew was dope, you know, because I had cousins, like I had one cousin in particular who would put me on to all the hip hop shit because of that Jackson, Mississippi, Chicago pipeline, yeah, for sure. So his cousin from Chicago uh, on his mom's side would always put him on to you know, Tri Call Quest, Wu Tang, LL Cool J, uh, you know, uh, hieroglyphics, like all kind of like just crazy underground hip hop shit. 
and swag, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and bring it down to him in Mendenhall, Mississippi. Like, he was in the country country. And country, he was putting me onto, like, all the hip-hop shit. Like, yeah. every time he heard some shit, he dropped it on me. Boom, boom, boom. You need to listen to this, listen to yeah. this, listen to this. So we was up on the culture back then by way of, like, a lot of word of mouth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. BT, Rap City, and you know, like the box and shit like that. So we, we had access to culture, but sometimes some of the immediate access, well, a lot of the times, the immediate access to certain things, material things, mm-hmm. were not immediately accessible. You know? Understood, so, understood. So it was did, a fun uh, time, though. But it was a fun time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do uh, What was it about uh, underground hip hop that that attracted you as opposed to what some people may say is uh the homegrown mm. uh or maybe even just perceived or accepted sound in mm-hmm. the south like mm-hmm. what it what kind of like interested you into the 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 hieroglyphics of the day things like that right I was always attracted to the stuff that was like more I don't want to say red. I guess readily accessible. So like, you could just create something right in your room and put it out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, you don't need all this, you know. Yeah. Blink, you know, all this stuff. And then, so I had I had a, a a really good friend back then who would always put me on the even more hip hop. I w- I had a, a guy sister who she was the first person that I knew that had an Outkast CD. Ooh, and it okay. was the Players Ball single, and it had the the remix. You know, the remix is the dope one with the yeah. piano thing. <laughs> yep. That's the one I played. That's the and one. It had the instrumental, the and I was sneaking her room and fucking like dub that on tape, like off her CD. You know, stuff like that. Um, you know, it it, it was the the influence was was there. So. I got you. Yeah. So, do you have a uh, a childhood nickname yourself? But you yeah, know, that. like I always wanted like a real nickname. Like I always wanted like a mysterious nickname, like Q, because <laughs> there's a giant Q in the middle of my name. You know, like yeah. I wish people, but I never like told people to call me that because I thought they'd be like you know, pretentious mm. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you then, never said you never stopped somebody. I never been like, yeah, just call me Q, man. It's Q, like no, it's Q. Nah, but my mother in law <laughs> finally, my mother in law is the only first and only person to that's her name for me, uh-huh. and I didn't have to tell her to do it. She just started doing it one day, and it made my day. So. <laughs> Shout out! I love that. I love that. So uh, that kind of goes into what you know when you coming up with rap names and when you coming up with pseudonyms and it kind of it all kind of ties in with the idea of identity right Mm. like Mm -hmm. how you see yourself and then how others will perceive you is Mm -hmm. is kind of a a a thought that that kind of courses through the themes that i'm trying to get at Mm -hmm. and um i think a lot about uh when you're a young man uh how you're wanting to be perceived maybe you're somebody Mm -hmm. who wanted to be perceived as tough or hard maybe you're someone who want to be perceived as smart and artistic uh was mm. that something that you spent a lot of time with uh when you were when you were as growing up 
as a youngin, like I want people to think me this way, or I want people to think me uh, this yeah. way, like that that kind of self consciousness. Sure. Certainly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like at that age, like very impressionable. You trying to fit in and stuff, and already being awkward and uh, creative and not athletic, and the, mm-hmm. usually the smallest kid out of every. Out of, out of the bigger kids who wanted to play, you know, they want to play football and shit, but I had absolutely no interest in that shit. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it yeah, yeah, it, it, it shaped, you know, what other people's perception of you is, is important at that age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I wanted to be seen as, Accepted, I guess you know what I'm saying, like cool. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, whatever, yeah, for whatever sure. that was at that time, you know what I mean. So, and I don't think anyone is, uh, what you call that, like no one's above it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like there's some people who kind of pretend that they were above that sort of influence or that sort of feeling. Like no, I never. Right. I was always just myself. Right. I never had that problem. Right. Um, I think we eventually learn how to be ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. if if you're fortunate in that way but like at some point everybody I feel like yeah cares that you know they're making a good impression or that they're you know fitting in in air quotes yeah yeah for sure yeah um does does that factor in do you think uh with in the black experience uh a feeling of there's no there's no like I'm trying to I'm trying not to over intellectualize it, but mm. I think uh, at least in the community I grew up in, you know, toughness, um, hardness, um, being able to whoop everybody, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing was very uh, important. important. Yeah, it was an important um, thing to be seen as at the time. Yeah. Was that something that? That affected you in any way, and and or were you like a scrappy kid? Like you was like that. I wasn't. I wasn't a scrappy kid like that. Um, I had mm-hmm. a temper, but I wasn't a scrappy kid like that. I was usually on the receiving end <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of, the, of the punching. Yeah, the yeah, scrappy, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I, you know, I you know I grew. Up, I had to learn how to be a certain way, and then like, and then I flipped it on them. Flip mode. One day, I bumped my uh-huh. head and flipped it on them. <laughs> flip mode and, was uh, the squad. Flip mode and, is the squad. And it happened in front of everybody, so it was like mm. at that point, it was like I just as you get older, you you learn how to just stand your ground. You know what I'm saying? No matter yeah. what the environment is. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, because coming of age can just, like you said, it's just such an awkward process. Yeah. And um, I think um, there are, there were, at least in my case, there were these, like, outside influences. Gangbanging was a really big uh, mm-hmm. part of that. Uh, did did Miss, did Jackson have a, have that problem in, in the 90s like every other major city? Yeah, it did, because I feel like anywhere, like, um, what was it? Crack was big at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Real big at that time, yeah. In the black community, and so what came along with that also like gangbang and stuff. But at the same time, I wasn't directly exposed to it like that because mm-hmm. like my like my family like we was always in church, 
You know what I'm saying? It's like I grew up in a like my dad uh does the music and then my mom would like she would sing and so we were either at choir rehearsal or church. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. So, or or uh youth night or whatever, you know what I mean? So but like all around us like bah, 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 you know what I'm saying, like outside. So it's, it's just the environment it was, but like as far as like being perceived as tough. Mm-hmm. Um, or feeling like, did you ever feel like, man, I need to be in the mix, though? I need to. Be no, I, ne- I never you felt like that because I like, like if I wasn't, like mm-hmm. I always wanted that a long time. Got you. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I never felt like I had to be in the mix. Like as far as in the mix, like sometimes I have times or had times where. I wanted to be out on the scene, but I never felt like I needed to run towards the shit. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, it's always the fuckery. You know what I mean? I didn't necessarily run towards the fuckery, but Mm -hmm. you look around sometimes and it's like, oh, okay, it's unfolding. It's unfolding. But, you know, I need to either I need to either lean. I get really calm in those situations, though. Yeah, it's like, okay, there's my way out. Let's do this. What would you say something that uh, that you experienced growing up as a young black man that your counterparts may not always be able to relate to? Like, it's part of that experience. Especially during that coming of age time. Your white counterparts. Sorry, I meant to be okay. I specific. White folk. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the day to day stuff that mm-hmm. we that we still still yeah. deal with. Uh it's like um it doesn't matter what the age. It's it's like, you know, you're going to the mall, you're going to the store, but you feel like this person's following you in the store or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's like that mm-hmm. kind of thing or um there growing up where I work it was just mainly mainly black folk. But mm-hmm. uh, my my first um, kind of encounter with that was I was well into college by that time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, some, uh, for example, one of those situations that I, I don't think you know maybe is is not so relatable for somebody other than us is you yeah. know being in a room where you're. The only one of us, or one of two or three of us, and you're the only one that really like. It's kind of like uh, I don't want to say like act a certain way, you know, like act. I get you. Like I, yeah. don't, I don't like how that sounds, but like uh, you could tell that even the the other folk that look like you ain't like you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like 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 the get out. Yeah, 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 you know for what I'm sure, saying? So, for sure. Uh, you like, man, what's up with this cat? Yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal, but uh, you know, it's just experiences like that. Like, you know, you can get profiled out the gate, that you know, unless unless you're a minority or whatever, you really can't really relate to that, I guess, fully to that. Yeah, is there anything that you would tell? Let's say it's like one of those movies where the portal opens up and you can you can see your younger self. Mm. And uh, you know how the movie goes, right? Like, you find yourself, you're shocked that it's you. 
he's shocked that it's you. He's shocked that it's you. You only got so much time to tell this person some important information. Once you shake them up and explain to them, no, this is really, this is really me from the future. Right. And I only got so much time, and you know the portals closing and it's closing and closing. You gotta tell them something important. What's something you would tell young Q? <laughs> All right, look, I'm gonna answer it for you. Make niggas call you Q. Yeah. <laughs> Did it just close? <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But for real, it, uh, what would you tell a younger uh, version of yourself? And at what period of time might you tell this younger version of you this information, Man. this important information? I don't know. I don't know what I would tell him because I wouldn't want to, like, scare him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it gets real. It gets real, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But you'll be, you'll be good. Like, roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Uh... You know, you will you will get through it, and you will be better. I promise. You know, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking okay. So. Yeah, because you know, anxiety levels at that age are just very mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're in your own body. I was just talking to a buddy of mine about this. We, we were having an argument about. Excuse me. We were having an argument about uh, suicide, and. Mm. Uh, you know, there's kind of like a macho position of I would never do X and that right. I would never react this way because I'm a man, right? Real, real man, X, Y, Z, whatever, paint by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like when you're in your body, it's very difficult to explain or express to someone else what it's like to be in your body, mm-hmm. experiencing those emotions. You know, mm-hmm. and I think about that a lot with young people. I think. When you're young and there's so much happening at once and you're in your body, those things really do feel extreme. Like, even if it's, it seems small, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Denisha, Donisha thinks said I was ugly. Man. And I'm in love with Donisha. And she don't even know I'm in love. You in your body, though. And you think you think you know what the fuck love is. And you think, that man, come on, man. You know, so. 13, 14. I, I get know. it, man. Like. Yeah. At that age, everything is heightened because you are feeling a lot of those feelings for the first time. You don't know what to do with them. Then you got, you know, it's because of your hormones, which you've never experienced before. So it's a it's a very uh, profound age. And that's why it's very important what you are exposed to at that age as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. you, you are very impressionable. Um, yeah. And very, um, you have a lot of gusto for whatever it is you believe in at that time. And if you if you misguided at that age, it's very very destructive, very dangerous. But if it's like nurtured in the right way, or guided in the right way, you know, you you can uh, you can do something with that. But like, yeah, all those feelings are heightened. Yeah. Uh, uh, at at that age, and so. That's what I would tell my younger self. Like, look, it's gonna get like, you. This ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> you know, feels really, really intense. Really but. real. This feels really intense. But you're gonna look back at this, and be like, what was, what was I tripping so hard about? Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think that's an important message. Um, 
there was something else I wanted to ask you about. The these times also have become very polarized with um, doctrine, almost like people are very mm. much like intellectualizing what manhood is, um, mm. being a real man, uh, mm. alpha males, beta males, sigma males, all this <laughs> old good shit. Yeah. Uh, a gamma if, man. A gamma man. Oh, they, see, I ain't know about gamma man. I thought that had something to do with Incredible Hulk. It takes a real man, man to be a gamma man because only a gamma man is a real man. Okay, yeah. So there's so many <laughs> there's so many different uh, uh, ideas of what, what this is. And I think I've, and I've mostly seen these kinds of conversations on the Internet. So I don't know how much of them are like real conversations that are happening in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have a have you been if you were to give a definition to real manhood or what a real man is would you at all or uh, if you do have an idea of that uh, where do you get it from mm. that's a good question the, the first part you know for, for what a real man is what my perspective and experience of what real manhood is mm-hmm. is it's kind of what you said or lending to what you said earlier when you when you said like the whole macho thing about like oh you know men don't you know share their emotions and, you know what i'm saying uh uh feel uh uh unsafe or uh, uh you know like Men can have all those feelings like a real man would, okay, admit to those feelings and, you know, try to be responsible with those feelings. You know what I'm saying? Uh, A real man would, you know, take care of his kids. You know what I'm saying? Do do whatever he got to do to uh, take care of the kids that he helped bring into the world. Mm -hmm. Um you know, respect his woman, respect women, um, you know, stand his ground, let people know, you know, where he stands in his in his uh, beliefs, his boundaries, um, things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what was the second part? Um, no, the, the first part took care of the second part because the second okay. part was just more, um, if, if you were to put definition on it, would you even bother? You right. Know, is, yeah. it, is it even a requirement? Uh, right. It's not necessarily a requirement. It's just mm-hmm. to put a definition on it. It's just a, it's just something that you do. Yeah. Rather than define, I guess that you know. There you go. I like that. You define it by doing it. That's profound. Yeah. You you know more about what you do than you do by reading about it or putting right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, putting some sort of putting putting a, together a podcast. Uh, Man, it's a lot of elements. Women, we yell at <laughs> women for an hour and a half. Yeah. Until, <laughs> you know why you're single? Yeah. You're single. Like I see that stuff so much on the TikTok. In the look, I'm getting old. Like I'm the TikTok. I put the in front of things now. I'm telling you, I'm getting old. But yeah, you know, you see that stuff on on the, all the social media, and I can't help but wonder, like, man, where, where did all of this come from? Where did all these ideas? Everybody's uh, got an opinion now because every anybody can broadcast from anywhere. Like, 
Yeah. We're doing a podcast right now. We're basically broadcasting our opinions and thoughts about stuff. Yeah. You know, but it's kind of like <clears throat> the double-edged sword. Like, we remember a time where this wasn't possible. Now this is possible. And you find out it's not that more people have an opinion. You just find out just how many people out there have opinions because everybody can, you know, broadcast themselves now. Did you feel like, like that. sometimes though there's like people have a lot of bad opinions? Or not I shouldn't use bad. That sounds like I know a what you mean, like opinions that uh they used to get absurd, sourced. absurd opinions. Yeah, like you used to have to have a source for your Yeah, opinion. to go through. <laughs> like you used to like Walter Cronkite didn't just go up there freestyle and have his stuff validated. Like he had to source his material. Like now I can just be like, Yeah, man, you know who needs feet. <laughs> yeah. Feet. Exactly. What do you mean who doesn't need feet? <laughs> and then it is like an argument, a real debate will break out right. and people will pick sides. It's like, nah, yeah. man, feet though. This there's, is- <laughs> there's, you you know how you can Google anything and sometimes yeah. I tell my wife, like she'll, my wife loves to research things mm-hmm. and she'll Google and Google and search and search and research and she'll get into this research mode around whatever this topic is. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it involves making a decision about something, sometimes she'll get like stuck because I'm like, you know, no matter what you read, somebody's gonna have an opposing opinion about how good this thing is. Like you have to just decide right. right, what you need, what brand you trust, how much you're willing to spend, how need bad you need it. Yeah. You know. So I call that uh analysis paralysis. Yeah. Yeah, you get overwhelmed with yeah. options, and that's the world we live in now. We 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 are of an age where I always say we got one foot in old school and one foot in new school. We're like mm-hmm. right in between. We remember the world without all these options, but now they're all at our fingertips, and it's so convenient. It's so convenient. I yeah. think inconvenience. There's two things I think are still important: is incon- inconvenience and shame. I inconvenience like is very important yeah lack, shame, yes we need more people are like don't blah shame me this shame me now some of y'all need to be shame <laughs> y'all need to be shame 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 on you for a lot yeah. of stuff you know but inconvenience used to i mean it's the mother of invention or something like that i'm sure i'm butchering right. that quote but like yeah when when you wanted to go to someone's house and it was a certain at least where i was from the bus stopped running at such and such a clock yeah yeah, absolutely. It is yeah. like, all right, well, I guess I got to take my bike. Yeah. And, and if I can't take my bike, you just start trying to, like, figure out ways right. to make a thing happen. Right. And we don't have that anymore because everything right. is just sitting right there. If this, then that. If like this, then that, that. That, that mentality, that approach to life. Yeah. Um, there are a few. There are a few young mm-hmm. folks. I'm not. I'm not even downing the young folks. It's a yeah, few young folks out there. I don't want to down. It's a few young people. folks out there who understand this world and how it works, and like are killing the game. Like, oh, for you sure. Know, I had like will definitely admit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like you said, um, being able to be without and then figure out. A way around something it does cause you to be a little creative with, with yeah. what you have um that's definitely the story growing up in jackson yeah it's very creative energy there because 
materialistically we may not have a lot but you would be amazed at what we did what we did with what you know with with what we had you know what i mean like if i showed you you know my gear from back then Mm -hmm. it was like you did that with that you know so yeah for sure i watched um who was it i saw big crit said he was making his first beats on the playstation Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and sure I, was. And I was just yeah. like, that PlayStation. How? Uh, what was that beat maker? It was PlayStation. Um, I had that shit. Uh huh. I was I with it, but he what he was probably doing was putting his own samples in it too. That's crazy. Um, but they had like some preloaded samples in there. But you could, I think you could take your own samples and put them in there too. And you literally you're on the controller doing it. It's kind of mm-hmm. like. It worked kind of like Fruity Loops almost. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, you, you just get creative with what you got. That's incredible. That's where the good stuff comes from. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate you being willing to come here and share your experience with me. No um, doubt. You know, I think that it's important that uh, different perspectives are shared in this capacity especially folks who look like us mm-hmm. so that we all know that though we 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 come from varied experiences that there is a through line you know for right. all of it you know right and sometimes it just starts with with a name you feel me no one no one yet no one the name i'm gonna start calling you cute though i'm gonna honor that you know what i'm saying yeah so sure. are you listeners out there no <laughs> this is cute dog look i've added dog to <laughs> <laughs> I that you know I oh, gotta shit. add something to it. Yeah, yeah. cute all the homeboy man, my guy, <laughs> my guy Q. You don't even know they're my people. Shout out to my cousin Pookie. Pookie. First, I want to thank all my guests for being so open and honest with me and having a conversation. If there's any thoughts you want to share with us, go ahead and leave a like or comment in the little box underneath where you leave comments and stuff. And um, yeah, Pookie out now. Play this in your whip, shouty. <laughs> That's it.